0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Tech Telemedicine Tomorrow, Answers for Healthcare's Digital Trends. I'm your host, Tony Pasalaqua. Today I have special guest, Greg Harmon, who is a Vice President from our Claims Department. And we will discuss complexities that medical directors have, but this time it's going to be from a claims perspective. Greg, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Hi,
1: Tony. I'm happy to be with you today. As you mentioned, my current job title is Vice President of Claims Operations. I've been with TMLT for 30 years, which is very strange to say because the time has gone by so fast. Obviously, I didn't begin my career as a vice president. Rather, I started out as a frontline claims person. After a few years, I was promoted to regional manager, at which time I supervised a team of frontline claims representatives. Ultimately, I was promoted to an assistant vice president, at which time I got to supervise the regional managers. I'm now a Vice President and report directly to Sue Mills, who is a Senior Vice President of the Claims Department. It's important to mention, Tony, that in spite of my job title changes over the years, my top payoff job duties of investigating, evaluating, and resolving medical malpractice cases hasn't changed one bit. TMLT is a fantastic place to work and I've really enjoyed my time working here.
0: Are we currently seeing any type of lawsuits for medical directors?
1: Yes, we are. Over the years, we have managed some medical director claims and lawsuits.
0: Can you give me an example?
1: Tony, we have seen some lawsuits where the lack of actual supervision or intervention by the medical director created liability exposure. An example that comes to mind relates to medical director duties at a medical spa. Medical director physicians must remember that even though treatment activities at a medical spa are often limited in scope, they still constitute the practice of medicine. Treatments delegated directly or indirectly to aestheticians, registered nurses, laser technicians, etc., ultimately remain the physician's responsibility since the delegated individuals can't operate a medical practice or have their own patients. Therefore, if a claim or lawsuit was to arise or an investigation commenced, the medical director could be exposed if they aren't actually providing any meaningful supervision
0: we sometimes hear about that in risk where a nurse or an approaches a physician to be the medical director of that facility once they decide to become a medical director do they become responsible for the supervision of those individuals
1: correct generally the physician serves in an administrative capacity as head of an organized medical staff and their primary duties revolve around training and supervision of medical staff, both physician and non-physician.
0: It seems like medical directors have a wide scope of responsibility. What else have we seen?
1: Well, even though typically medical director duties don't relate to employment practices of hiring and or firing employees of the healthcare facility, we have managed lawsuits where the medical director has been sued in this capacity. As an example, we had a case recently where a lawsuit was filed against a large healthcare care facility surrounding the medical care provided by one of their employed nurses. During the course of the lawsuit, it was determined that the employed nurse was in fact not a nurse at all. It turns out the person claiming to be a nurse had falsified the application and this wasn't detected because the background research was inadequate. At this juncture in the lawsuit, the medical director was added to the lawsuit. It was alleged that the failure to complete a comprehensive background check was a shared responsibility between the medical director and the health care facility. Our insured medical director claimed he or she had no role in the hiring process as hiring and firing responsibilities were done at the sole discretion of the health care facility. Ultimately, we obtained a copy of the contract between the medical director and the health care facility. And to our surprise, the contract language was very vague as to which entity was actually legally responsible for the new employee hiring process. Fortunately, the health care facility ultimately did the right thing and admitted that the normal custom was for them to manage employment matters and that the medical director had no role in the hiring of the nurse in question. As such, the medical director was non-suited from the case. An important lesson in this case is to emphasize the importance of a properly worded contract. A properly worded contract would likely have prevented the medical director from being sued in the first place.
0: Wow, so the medical director not only has to ensure that there's adequate training, but they also have to ensure that who they're hiring actually has the proper credentials as well.
1: True, but again, remember, normally medical director services don't include employee-related matters. But in this case, the contract was silent as to who was legally responsible.
0: So, do you know what types of facilities need medical directors?
1: Healthcare facilities that utilize medical directors include assisted living centers, nursing homes, laboratories, medical spas, and dialysis centers, to name a few.
0: Can there be more than one medical director named in a lawsuit?
1: Unfortunately, they can. We've seen several lawsuits over the years involving a surgical group with a separate incorporated outpatient surgery center. Patients have sued the surgery center and the direct medical provider over allegations of substandard medical care. Occasionally, the surgical group members who were not involved in the patient's care are also named in the lawsuit in their capacity as a medical director. What we have found is that often many partners of the group are also designated as medical directors of the owned outpatient surgery center when they really have no role at all in creating or maintaining treatment guidelines, etc.
0: I had no idea that you could get pulled into a medical director claim even if you provided no patient care. So if you are a member of a group, you may want to have an attorney view those contracts to see what your type of exposure is.
1: Exactly. That's a great point it's important to mention that medical director duties vary on a case-by-case basis depending on the facility's expectations of their medical director, which is why it is so important for the physician considering taking a medical directorship to know what his or her exposure and liability is as it relates to the position.
0: So far, we know that medical directors have a couple of different types of responsibilities and duties. One is that they serve at a administrative capacity as the head of an organization for medical staff, and whose duties also include training, supervision of medical staff, both physicians and non-physicians. Uh, we also know too, uh, you know, based upon your last example, that it also could depend on your contract. So it's always advisable to have someone seek legal counsel just to make sure they understand their exposures.
1: Yes, that's correct. Medical directors are normally responsible for drafting and implementing appropriate policies and procedures and or assuring the facility is in compliance with federal, state, and local laws. Again, I wanna mention that normally, medical director services do not include employment-related practices, but it depends on what is actually worded in the contract between the facility and the medical director.
0: So working in risk, I understand that part of being an administrative head, can also include maintaining policies and procedures and compliance. Have we seen any cases for that?
1: Yes, we have. For instance, there have been lawsuits filed against medical directors due to the healthcare facility guidelines being outdated and or not known to exist by the employed medical director. A good example is a recent case we had in which a nursing home and medical director were sued because a patient fell out of bed and sustained some injuries. It was alleged in the lawsuit that the patient was a known fall risk and bed rails should have been activated, which would have allegedly prevented the fall. As part of the litigation, the nursing home produced their internal guidelines, which had been in place many years prior to the current medical director being hired. The guidelines indicated that fall risk patients should have bed rails up, The current standard of care in nursing homes doesn't require the use of bed rails, but the nursing home's internal guidelines set the standard of care for their patients and the medical director didn't follow them. So having outdated guidelines and procedures can make defending a lawsuit much more difficult.
0: So Greg, what tips would you offer to physicians to consider prior to signing these agreements to become a medical director?
1: Well, Tony, I have several tips that I think are worth mentioning. Medical director service agreements can have unforeseen negative effects on the physicians who serve in these roles. Understanding the duties of the medical director as well as the associated responsibilities and liabilities is paramount. Physicians contemplating entering into such an arrangement should have a qualified individual carefully review the document before signing. Afterward, I recommend contacting your insurance carrier to advise them of you becoming a medical director to seek their input and guidance. If you have the title as a medical director and you don't have a contract, I recommend seeking one from the health care facility. If you have no contract but you have the medical director title, it could be implied by allegations in a lawsuit that you should have been conducting some duties that you weren't as a medical director. It's also important to be medically competent in the duties you are outlined to perform. For instance, often care in medical spas involve dermatology and plastic surgery type care. If your specialty is radiology and a lawsuit is filed against you and the healthcare facility due to the actions of a mid-level employee, a lack of competency could play a role in the outcome of the case. In short, know how to do what you offer. Medical directorship encompasses many requirements, oftentimes including the supervision of various healthcare providers and ancillary personnel. The medical director could be held responsible for medical staff bylaws, CMS billing regulations, and boards of directors oversight stipulations. A failure to provide the appropriate supervision can trigger not only contractual breach notifications, but may also result in allegations of false claims being made to the Medicare or Medicaid programs. A governmental regulatory body could attempt to hold a medical director accountable for administrative, civil, or criminal damages. Well,
0: wow, that's a lot of information. What would be one of the main takeaways you would want our listeners to know?
1: Tony, I think it's important to emphasize that TMLT offers its policyholders an inexpensive medical director policy, which is a real bonus as it helps create a division between the exposure you carry from your directorship duties and your personal exposure in your private practice. In this litigious world we live in, a physician cannot completely avoid all the exposure to his or her license, insurance, possible claims, etc. while working as a medical director. However, identifying the risk and taking the necessary steps in advance to protect yourself serving as a medical director may
0: be a welcome and enjoyable addition to your practice thank you for listening to our podcast if you're a policyholder please feel free to contact us with questions by calling 1-800-580-8658 or check out our resources at tmlt.org and clicking on our resource hub thank you greg thank you